This is the Go Blue Crew. Derek, I was planning on doing my little monologue here in the beginning just about how stupid we were for believing that 2018 Michigan would somehow be so much better than 2017 Michigan. But instead, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about Detroit drivers. Now, this won't take long, and I need to know that you're with me. I'm 100% with you, behind you, and for you. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm coming back into Detroit today. It's been a long day on the road. I'm very sweaty. My car has barely functioning air conditioning, and it was like 90 degrees out today. I was not in Detroit for 10 minutes before I saw a car on fire on the side of the interstate, set on fire. And then a car pulls out in front of me from a parking lot, stops like mid-turn, and I go to pass the car thinking that they have like recognized their mistake. And the dude inside the car looks at me and like throws his hands in the air as though like I've, I've done something egregious to offend him. Like, like I should not have been on the road. How dare I be on the road when he is pulling out of the parking lot? I was not in Detroit for 10 minutes and those two things happened to me. And I just thought, God, it's good to be home. That sounds like the typical Detroit driving experience. And if someone tells you that it's not, they're lying to you and or they're that driver that you described. Yes, I still don't know how. I've been in Detroit for uh, a while now, and I still don't know how to drive in Detroit. I just choose not to most times. But we can, we can, we can, uh, we can go back to what we were always planning to talk about, which is how sad and depressed we are about Michigan football. Uh, for, well, first of all, you know how, how is how is your personal atmosphere Saturday night for the game? Uh, so uh, you know, I was in good spirits. Uh, it's one of those games where right away after the first two possessions, you just kind of know what's going to happen. You don't know how bad it's going to get or, or how close uh, Michigan will be, or in fact, if there's a, a comeback that will happen. Uh, but you got the idea right away that, yeah, this is not great. Uh, hopefully the defense can make adjustments they did. Uh, hopefully the offense can score like 50-some minutes into the game. They did. Uh, and really without that kick return touchdown, I think things would have been much worse. So I was in an okay place, and they kind of get to a bad place. And, and then just honestly just kind of felt like whatever. Like if they want to come out and, and play that poorly to start a game, then what do they expect? You, you can't come back on the road against what seems to be a pretty good Notre Dame team this year. Uh, after starting so poorly. And so for me, I just, I saw that start. I see it 14-0 and I think, well, here we are. Another year of right. Michigan football. Here we are, exactly. You know what it reminded me of was uh, the Michigan State game last year where the, where things are just going terribly the whole time. And then Michigan does just enough at the end to make you think, oh my God, like there's really hope here. And then it just deflates that's exactly what it was. It was 2017 Michigan State, even against a rival. I mean, it, the parallels, I thought, were kind of scary. For me, it just – when even Michigan had a chance, and like you said, just like that game, it's like, okay, and now Shea Patterson's limping off the field and, and McCaffrey comes in and, and the offense with five minutes to go is moving incredibly slow. And, and Patterson comes back out and he's – He's doing okay again, and, and he actually looked really good on a drive there and, and then comes out and the offensive line crumbles and he fumbles the ball. 
it was just so weird. It was, it was like, I don't even know what I'm watching. It just seemed like a mess all the way throughout. And I think honestly, that's why so many people are probably even more disappointed than I would expect. And I made a comment yesterday to somebody that I honestly think that if Michigan State or Penn State would have lost to Utah State or Appalachian State, respectively, I honestly think that Michigan's loss would still be talked about more because of kind of the fashion that happened and because it's Jim Harbaugh. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Oh, man, that's a that's a tough hypothetical. Um, but who's paying attention to Michigan State, Utah State? Okay, the Spartans lose. Number 11 team goes down to a nobody. Penn State, well, Saquon Barkley's not there. What do you expect? I honestly think that it's almost being talked about like, one, Notre Dame's not a good team, and two, Michigan came out and scored three points like Florida State did on Monday night. Yeah, um, you you really you got me cornered here. I mean, I think the the big issue was that Michigan looked unprepared for Week One. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's inexcusable. But um, and and that's why I I think I'm gonna give you an edge here in your hypothetical that that Michigan's loss would still be talked about more just because of the way it played out. But in in terms of like twenty four seventeen to a ranked rival on the road start the season like that by itself is not a bad thing of course it's not the favorable thing it's just the way it happened that i think makes us all really sour about it no and and i agree i'm not i'm just as unhappy as as the next man i would say i just when you look at the box score obviously it tells a way different story uh and then the fact that i mean we watched it they had a chance to tie up the game they just they couldn't pull through, and there's a lot of 50-50 players that happened. The defense, again, looked really bad. Uh, I think the article came out that they're still mystified over first-half breakdown. I think we all are. I think we're all kind of looking at, at the defense as uh, the one solid part of this football team that we can rely on week after week after week and see some really impressive things, potential number one defense in the nation. They came out and they played really well in the second half. But yeah, the offense and just the kind of the some of the inexcusable stuff. I mean, a Chase Winovich personal foul, something you, you you'll rarely see uh, from a guy like that. And then it honestly seemed like Chase Winovich and Sean Gary seemed too fast. It seemed like they were playing too hard, and for some reason they were just flying by guys, but then also flying by the quarterback. Now Brandon Winbush was doing an incredible job at being elusive and stepping up in the pocket. He obviously knew that a fast defense was coming. And so all credit to Notre Dame. They outcoached and they outplayed Michigan in every category, uh, maybe except for special teams. But I was dumbfounded with what I saw. However, I'm not at, I'm not disappointed to the point where I've given up. And I feel like some people have, and some pretty big names have, like I heard Brian Greasy today uh, or yesterday, whenever it was. Uh, mentioned something like he, he just concerned. He's maybe not even sure Harbaugh's the guy. And, and I'm not quite there yet, but I do understand that some people are and maybe even why some people are. Well, that's a good segue into our next segment because we have segments now, apparently. Uh, you, you said you're not uh, you're not totally at a loss here when it comes to hope that this season can turn into something. But where are you, you know, compared to where you were going into the Notre Dame game? Uh, I would say I'm not as confident in, in maybe like a, a Big Ten championship run. 
Uh, but I do think that there are enough positive things that I saw. And if the offensive line could even play better, uh, obviously I think that you have a chance in some pretty big games. I do think that what will really help uh, when you're talking really new center, new uh, quarterback and then a lot of new pieces to the offense, even though it looks super simplified. I think these next two tune-up games or what should be tune-up games, I guess you never know in college football or in college sports in general. I think that these will actually go a lot further than maybe last year's uh, Cincinnati and Air Force games will go. I think that this team actually needs it this year, whereas last year kind of a messy game against Florida that Michigan found a way to win. And then they kind of just didn't look all that great in the next two games. And then the game after that against Purdue, honestly, Michigan really needs these games to tune up a couple of things and just get Shea Patterson out there throwing the rock around getting comfortable with receivers. I mean, the only thing that you can do to, to put him in a better position is to give him more experience. And hopefully uh, this weekend against Western Michigan uh, and then the next weekend against SMU will allow him to get more comfortable, allow the offensive line to kind of settle in against some weaker opponents, and then really be prepared to come out uh, and play a tougher Nebraska team, uh, at least a team that should be tough. I guess they got rained out or stormed out or whatever. But I have confidence moving forward, just not as much after what I saw. I'm conflicted because the optimist in me sees Michigan very feasibly getting to 5-1 and one before playing – Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Penn State. Agreed. And I think these five games coming up, we're going to see a, a progression, not not only in just like the individual play of, of maybe some offensive lineman or, or Shea Patterson, like whoever, like you're going to see some of that, but then we're also going to see things open up for the team in general much and and I'm obviously not the first person to to point this out, but much the way it did in 2015 when Jake Rudock was the quarterback, things were very simplified, and that loss to Utah, and I believe that loss was even 24-17. I, I might be making that up, but um, then things start to open up, and and that turned into a really good year, especially from the quarterback position. I mean, obviously he had Amara Darbo and Ju Chesson to rely on. Shea Patterson doesn't have quite that same talent to, to lean on this season. But I think you're going to see some of that same stuff happen through these next five games. So that's, the, that's the optimist. The pessimist in me sees the exact same Michigan team from 2017. The only difference is now there's a quarterback who is a little more mobile and can make the throws that a college quarterback should be able to make. That was the most apparent thing from Saturday night. Like he was making the throws that John O'Corn would have tossed into the dirt or thrown three rows into the stands. And that was just such a relief to be like, oh my God, is this what a college quarterback looks like? I know we're not that far removed from Jake Rudock in 2015 and Wilton Spate in 2016. But after watching the debacle at the position last year, that was just such a relief to see a quarterback do the things that you would expect a college quarterback to do. But that's the only thing that's different from last year. You still have an offensive line that that can't can't protect, uh, really struggles to open up holes. You have receivers who are, you know, they're they're okay. Like there's some flashes here and there, and then you have a defense that's going to be relied on so heavily to the point where I kind of joked when when Notre Dame 
scored 14 points. I was like, well, that's that's really all it's going to take to bury this Michigan team, it seems like. And I was close. Michigan got 17. Yeah. So that, that, that's the pessimist in me. So let me paint a scenario for you. By the way, it was 24-17 uh, on the road at Utah that year. Uh, and so I wanted to confirm that you were correct there. Uh, I usually am. And so you, you repaint the picture of, of Saturday night. Uh, it's Michigan, Notre Dame, uh, and John O'Corn trots out as the starting quarterback. And this is no shot at John O'Corn whatsoever, mostly because I don't know what you're going to say. So just to protect him first and foremost, <laughs> what's the score? Is it 24-17 if John O'Corn plays throughout? No, and um, I think it's more more like 24-10. Like I'm, I'm not sure last year's Michigan offense is good for a touchdown against Notre Dame. And that's something that I was thinking about. Just like this is a really interesting case study because of, like I said, at least from my perspective, this is 2017 Michigan just with an upgrade at quarterback. And so, you know, then we can quantify like what John or uh, what, what Shea Patterson means to this Michigan offense versus John O'Corn. Like literally, you know, how many points is he worth? And I think in this game, He's worth a touchdown. I really do. When I look at Shea Patterson and I look at uh, some of the changes to the offensive line, and, and then obviously there's a lot of issues with the offense, we saw enough maybe different looks, uh, saw enough positive things from Shea Patterson, definitely some things he can work on. Uh, wide receivers have, have some work to do. Uh, running backs seem to be ineffective, um, mostly, again, because of the blocking and the offensive line. But I do really think that this team, in comparison to last year's team, so last year you come in, Wilton Spates, the the guy, he gets benched in the first game. Uh, he comes back and plays the next couple of games. He goes down and gets injured. And Michigan really never has a chance to get better. And that became very evident, even though I'm pretty sure they entered, I think they were still 8-2, and two. Or had eight wins at some point. Obviously, it was a it was a weak. It was a very weak eight and two or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. But weak. They still had eight wins, and they were finding ways to win ball games that they should have won. Uh, and and then obviously uh, some of them that they could have won or, or should have played differently. Uh, you had a Penn State thrashing in there uh, eventually, obviously, of course. But what I think is different this year, if guys can stay healthy, is is that team was just doomed. The moment Wilton Spate went down, the moment John O'Corn started not playing well, the moment Brandon Peters didn't see enough action uh, earlier in the season or come in early enough to maybe save something and, and get that experience that he needs, it was the same experience that Shea Patterson needs uh, as a Wolverine. This team will grow. This team will get better. And I think that's why the comparison to the 2015 team makes the most sense. J.U. Chesson wasn't J.U. Chesson until the year went on. You've got a guy like Nico Collins that showed some flashes. Donovan Peoples-Jones is obviously uh, a player who can make plays. Oliver Martin caught a few balls. Uh, you've got Zach Gentry dropped a, a really easy uh, – well, not easy. I guess it was knocked out of his hands there. But he can make some more plays. Obviously, you've seen better things from Karan Higdon uh, last year when the line was also bad. And so I think that there's a lot of positive things coming However, this is such a difficult schedule and a difficult season, and there's so much expectation surrounding Jim Harbaugh that I don't know if it's going to be enough at the end of the year, but I can guarantee you that it becomes something that we at least enjoy watching 
uh, rather than that slump of, you know what, nothing's ever going to get better. Because at some point last year, I think I just kind of knew that they've got no hope. Maybe they can come out with a bowl win. They get up big in the bowl game and then just blow it. And that was just the exact kind of – that perfectly described the season as a whole. Rough start. I was pissed when Michigan lost to Utah. I thought there's no way that Jim Harbaugh came here to lose to Utah on the road. This is a tougher team than Utah, in my opinion, in Notre Dame, and I think that they still have a way to to prove that they can t- contend for the Big Ten title. I think a lot of people will be angry that I say that, and I think a lot of people will disagree, but they still have a chance to prove themselves at least. So uh, um, I'm not worried about the defense at all. I'm not worried about Shea Patterson, and I'm not that worried about wide receivers. I'm not worried about Karan Higdon or Chris Evans. Uh, process of elimination leaves the offensive line, which is what everybody talks about. But I, I, I'm holding out hope because these next five games, we, you know, we can go back to that, and that's these these can hopefully be a progression where you're maybe threatened in like one or two of these games. Other than that, like it's a good building opportunity leading up to a rough October. And I, I mean, I still want to kind of believe that these simplified schemes that Ed Warner is implementing will pay dividends at some point. It's just, you have to go back to the, what, what people usually point to. And that's that this is year four and this is the offensive line. That is embarrassing that this is, that this is the product you're putting out there to protect your quarterback. And so that's uh, that's that's maybe the 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 reason that I'm I'm holding out from just being like a total optimist when it comes to the offensive line. Where I'm like, it was game one, you know, we'll see something better from them going forward. It's like this is year four, and this is what they're putting out there. I'm not going to be one, as you know, as you should know by now. I'm not going to be one to to say this this guy needs to start in this guy's place and yada yada yada. I'm just thinking. You know, I'm, I'm going to trust that these are the best linemen, but I'm really disappointed that those are the best linemen, you know? Yeah, and, and again, they do have a chance to improve on, upon what they showed uh, in week one. But yeah, if the season goes on and, and that seems to be the difference maker, it's it's uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, the week after, say they, they beat Wisconsin and, and it comes down to, uh, final drive at Michigan State and the offensive line can't block Michigan State's defense and and Shea Patterson has has no time to to lead a comeback. Yeah, we'll we'll continue to talk and blame the offensive line and we are we will look and say, hey, that's an area that just doesn't make sense. How can the defense be so good uh, and the offensive line you can't even seem to get guys that are capable of playing at the highest level and so that will absolutely be the conversation moving forward. Like you said, these next five games are winnable games. I'd be very surprised if Michigan loses any of the games because I still am under the belief that although it was bad and although it was inexcusable at times on Saturday, it was a seven-point loss to what I believe is a really good Notre Dame team. And so I expect Michigan to show a better product on the field uh, really until we see him play another great team like a Wisconsin or a Michigan State. Uh, however, don't sleep on Nebraska, don't sleep on Northwestern, and don't sleep on Maryland. They've all showed 
I guess Nebraska, not yet. I'm just trusting that Scott Frost is going to be a whiz, like people say. Northwestern showed some positive things. Maryland showed some positive things, being Texas two years in a row. They're not easy teams, uh, but with two of those being home games and then usually uh, a game at Northwestern is basically a 50-50 crowd, if not pro-Michigan. I feel very confident heading into these next few weeks. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to end my point on a positive note. I I'm looking at ESPN's football power index and excuse me. Throughout the rest of the season, FPI gives Michigan a greater than 50% chance to win all but two games. Those two games, Michigan State and Ohio State. It would be awful if Michigan were to lose to Notre Dame, Michigan State, and Ohio State. But all things considered, I think this is a decent indication that that the schedule, as daunting as it seems, you can still salvage something from it, definitely. Greater than 50%, and, and I'm not putting like all my stock into, into these like statistical forecasts. I want to make that clear. I just think it's, it's good for a little perspective before we start screaming that the sky is falling. It'd be good to look at the fact that Michigan could pretty easily be five and one, maybe take, you know, two or three against Wisconsin, Michigan state and Penn state, uh, most likely beat Rutgers and Indiana. And then God willing beat the Buckeyes uh, in the horseshoe. So that is my positive note that I'm ending on. Do you have anything you would like to say, please do not make it negative as you tend to do. So for me, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt until they continue to either kind of trend downwards or until I see something that's just, again, I don't think that Saturday was as bad as some people make it seem. I understand the impatience. I understand the inexcusable stuff, but I, I think that a big 10 championship is a major stretch especially when you're going to have to play a team like Wisconsin most likely a second time or or another team that was better than a Wisconsin team that you hopefully beat the first time. So I think a Big Ten championship is in reach. I think it's very difficult because of the schedule they have, even though the forecast statistically says, well, they've got a chance in most of these games and could win some of these tougher ones on the road, Michigan State, Ohio State. Uh, But I do think that I have confidence moving forward, and I think that this is going to be a pretty dang good team. Uh, I don't want to get too excited uh, when I see them come out against Western Michigan and hopefully uh, step on their throats and and then again dominate SMU. And I still won't get excited even if they blow out Nebraska uh, because I know that that's not a team that's to the level of some of these other teams coming up on the schedule. But the more they show positive things and improvement from last year, I think slowly but surely we'll all kind of take a deep breath and say, hey, you know what? They have a shot. Uh, And if they don't, hopefully they at least look competitive. Uh, And hopefully for some reason, somehow, it's not a huge attack at Jim Harbaugh when he drops either to Michigan State or Ohio State or both. Although you already know it's going to be exactly that because that seems to be all they talk about already. All right. Well, that does it for us. I should have plugged this way earlier. It's my fault for not doing that. But if you are a listener who's tuned in at the 2430 mark of this podcast, and you know of how to make our volume bar from like shifting up and down magically on a Mac, would just so greatly appreciate any advice. That has been our number one nemesis 
throughout this whole endeavor. And it's uh, starting to drive me crazy. Derek is driving you crazy too, I know, right? Absolutely. Can't, can't stand it. Okay, yeah. So totally should have plugged that earlier. If you've got any advice there, would just love to hear it. Open to anything, including burning my computer. JK. So thanks for checking us out on the Go Blue, excuse me, on the Go Blue crew, not the Plue crew, the Go Blue crew. And you can follow me on Twitter at Ty underscore Fenwick. You can follow Derek at Divine Identity. Thanks for listening. And go Blue. Go Blue.